right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Um, Tron, you mentioned uh, on a recent podcast, you spoke with Alex Baldwin from the Corn Ferry Tour. First thing she said was, you guys need to introduce yourself on the pod. I ran into her yesterday. First thing she says, Solly, love the podcast. You guys got to introduce yourself. So I'll let you take it away from here. Hey, everybody. It's Tron. There you go. It's TC. pretty easy. Hey, this is DJ. Uh, excited to be here. Yes. It's just the three of us here today. Um, not necessarily an emergency pod, but that was uh, some very dramatic golf at the Solheim Cup today. We're actually recording this as Greenbrier is wrapping up. Uh, we have some some other life commitments tonight that are forcing our issue. This is not meant as a disrespect to the troops in any way that we're recording this before the end of the military tribute at the Greenbrier. I think it is kind of an emergency pod, though. I don't think we'd be doing one without the Solheim Cup. It's I think that's it's fair. True. Yeah, it's true. I didn't get to see a lot of it. You guys did. I'm going to lean on you for some of it. Uh, there's some overarching topics uh, within the Solheim Cup that I think will be interesting to discuss. We also have um, an event coming up this coming weekend. We do. Uh, up at the great Pinehurst Resort. Uh, Pinehurst has been kind of a partner of ours for for the whole year here, so we're looking forward to kind of paying that off with a, a listener event, member event. I, you know, I guess we don't have members. Listener event. Uh, and so, yeah, we're getting a big group of people together at Pinehurst. We're going to play number two. We're going to play number four. And I think we might even shoot a wild world of golf out there on uh, the cradle. So, that's going to be extremely exciting this week. Uh, I think part of the reason, you know, you guys, Tron, you were just up there for the USAM, but I think part of the reason we wanted to work with Pinehurst this year is they're, they're kind of moving and shaking. they got a bunch of different stuff going on right now. It's drivable. It's nearby. Um, I don't even think we make it up there now. <laughs> and it needs to be, like, it, it's kind of, every time I go up there, it's, it, it's definitely a reminder of how close it is and how convenient it is to large swaths of the country here. So the, the restoration of number two, uh, I think everybody's probably pretty familiar. You saw that at the USAM. It, it kind of kicked off this whole trend of these natural restorations, uh, and it's as good as advertised. But beyond that, they have the cradle, which was designed by Gil Hance. They have number four, which was just redone by Gil Hance. Uh, they have a new brewery. They have updates to the hotel going on. So it's it's a, uh, you know, what better place to take a buddy's trip than, like, you know, a place we're kind of putting our money where our mouth is and uh, taking a buddy's trip next week. So I am dying to play number three at some point. Too. Same. I, I've not played number three. I've heard it's it's funky and, and weird and wild. And if this is the first you're hearing of this, please swing by our message board, The Refuge, and uh, join there. We kind of opened it up to members of the, of the message board. It's free to join. Uh, to kind of fill out the spots, and it filled up pretty quickly as our, uh, we're finding our, our events are filling up quite quickly, which encourages us to keep doing more of them. So thank you, everyone, for, uh, for the interest in those and appreciate all the suggestions that have been rolling in for future ones, and we will be doing that. Absolutely, well. yeah. And if you are looking to take a trip to Pinehurst Resort, go to pinehurstresort.com and, uh, yeah, get a, get a body trip on the book. It's, it's got something for everyone, I think, and it's a good place to meet. It's a good place to get off the grid a little bit uh, without having to fly to you know, one of these far-flung uh, destinations that seem to be popping up all over the world. I've said it before, and I'll say it. I've been on quite a heater with golf, but I will still say Pinehurst 2 is my favorite golf course in the United States to play. So, so there you have it. Listen, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good endorsement. <laughs> um, all right, let's go straight to the Solheim Cup. Suzanne Pedersen makes a winning 8-footer, would you call it? 10-footer? Yeah, maybe a, a little less. A do-or-die. Say 8. 6-8. Eight. Eight. Okay. But it I, was a gimme in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> like, was no like, doubt. It was a I no tweeted doubter. that 
Susan Pedersen's a cold-blooded killer before she even walked up to the green. Like, she was 100% going to make that putt. She did what Tiger should have done. She made the winning putt and then retired. Which I think she tried to announce in the post-round press conference. And I think, like, uh, it's understandable. Like, there's so much shit going on and people are running all over the place and spraying champagne, whatever. But I think she kind of tried to mention it to the Golf Channel person. Like, yeah, you know, I think that's it for me. Like, I'm good. Uh, but yeah, like it, it kind of started to trickle out afterwards. I think Lisa Cornwell mentioned it from General the, Cornwall. General Cornwall uh, mentioned it on uh, on Twitter. But she's like, no, no, no. Like she's she's retiring. Like that's it. That's it's a walk off, folks. It's a walk off. Philly Zane. It's a walk off. Hell of a way to do it. Um, regrettably, like I, I mentioned I couldn't watch it. But like golf, team golf, like trumps everything. And I I love Sunday singles. I don't love the Friday, Saturday as much. I get it. It's, you know, it's raucous. I'm sure if I'm like, if you're out there, I've been to the president's cup before. Needless to say, I don't think that's going to engender the same response. Where did me. you go to the, did you go to the one in Ohio? Yeah, it was awful. That was like, you that's were in the, in the C-suite the whole time. We were out there was, stuck in the rain. It was raining the you whole time. You were there too? Yeah. We I was were there. there too. We were all there. <laughs> I, I was like C-C-C. trudging around. I had my rain gear on. That was like the worst tournament I've ever been at weather-wise. Worst Just weather like, of oh, any sporting event. But then like, there's no golf being played. There's only like on the foursomes, yes. there's only yeah. four balls in Yeah. Play. Imagine or like three times as many fans, three times as many fans with like one fifth the players it's bad to attend um i've done it yeah Ryder cup and president's cup the four balls in play is four groups in play it's it's terrible for fans because they let in a, a, enough people uh, as many people as you would or maybe even more people than for a pga tour event and those uh, those people are spread out all over the golf course but uh, is it frustrating to watch singles because you don't know what else is going on a little bit i mean I, I think so i mean but it's it's fun because the leaderboard is i mean if you go trying to see everything that's going on you're gonna fail you have to go of like with the attitude of i hope to see some good stuff uh, this hopefully is dramatic and it is dramatic to like see something pop up on the board see a bunch of red or see a bunch of blue go up on the board and uh that that part is fun and you just hear like these murmurs every time they change the score and there was one of those moments at the 2018 Ryder Cup. There was a moment where, like, if it finished out the way it was, the U.S. was going to win on Sunday. And then, like, 15 minutes later, like, it was like, okay, well, we're going to lose by six. So <laughs> yeah, let's fire a maneuver. <laughs> well, I think that was the thing about today at the Solheim Cup. It was so – I've never seen it get that close at the end. For before. sure. No, the, the like, rare treasure of having a – this putt is to either win or lose. <laughs> the Solheim Cup is like, God, that never happens. Which is torturous. If that happened at the Ryder Cup, I would have – might have died. Like, and, I, I could not have handled it. And I think she admitted, like – because it all happened really fast because uh, Bronte Law won her match back on 17. Bronte Law? <laughs> I think it's Bronte. Oh, it sounded a bit like a Bronte. 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 Brontavious law. Brontavious. Listen, whatever, guys. Uh, this is not my my forte. <laughs> Your fort. My, my fort. <laughs> this is not my fort. My forty. She won her match back on seventeen, and so that all of a sudden was what made Suzanne Pedersen's putt like for the win. And so I think Suzanne admitted she didn't know that it was for the win, uh, and it, I think by her own admission, it's probably good that she didn't know. But I, I'm with you. I think it was going in either way. That shot she hit in, and really all credit to to she didn't hit a great putt, but Marina Alex, great shot in there, and really played well down the stretch yeah. to kind of even it back up. And I was frustrated early on because they weren't really showing that match. They weren't showing that match, and then they weren't really showing. Uh, they didn't show any of Lizette and Ann Van Dam, partly because they were so locked in on Daniel Kang and, and, and Carlotta Saganda, who were playing 
so fucking slow. <laughs> they got put on the clock and got bad times. And that was the part. The part like, that I wasn't. Did that like mean anything? Well, it, <laughs> so well if they got on. a second bad time, each, no, each of them would have gotten. Or like, oh, if they got a second. Bad yeah, time. and so basically, it was on the table, time. and Saganda was still taking forever. Kang was still taking forever, and it would have been an automatic forfeiture of hole if they would have gotten a. Which I would have love to have seen yeah, them actually exactly. do but they should it was, have done it concurrently to both of them on the same hole they had a rules official come on the broadcast and be like yeah if they have, both have one bad time if the second one happens then that's where the trouble starts and i was like wait what does happen yeah. like that's that's what you're there for tell right. us what's going to happen there that was automatic forfeiture hole i that now that i know that that was and that was with like four holes left yeah i think they were teeing off on 15 when that happened and saganda so. was still taking it up to the limit. I mean, for like, she backed off two or three times on the par three. She's she like Jags lady. It was taking it to the limit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and speaking then, of which, shout out to Gardner Minshew. We could get to that later, baby. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, the Corda uh, match. She she was down which big one? early. Or Nelly. Nelly was down big because I I feel like Inkster kind of tried to front load things. Kang, Corda, Thompson, out first three matches, and Corda was down. She was down like three after six. Uh, clawed back. She won five of her first six holes on the back. I feel like one of the weird things about team golf is when people miss short putts, it's like contagious on each oh, yeah. game. Like it happens in bunches. Like I feel like around nine o'clock this morning, Eastern time, the Euros started missing a bunch of short putts for about a 20 minute stretch there. And it swung about four matches. And that's one of those things that's like, yeah. Is it some sort of like cosmic uh, thing that goes around or is it good TV production or <laughs> is it the rub of the green, so to speak? But yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it, getting that, those like contagious moments is like, it's the best part of I mean, like team play. Crazy short putts. Yeah. yeah. I try not to get caught up in like sports cliches of momentum, but man, in these team events, it really, really feels real. I mean, I, imagine being out there and seeing like, you know, it's probably hard to ignore the, the sounds that are going around and the leaderboards. Being out there and knowing when things are going bad against your team, how much tighter that's going to make you grip the club versus if you hear, if you know things are going great, how much it's, imagine when you're playing around a golf and things are actually going well, your mind is not thinking about what could go wrong. You're thinking about like yeah. stuff it or boom, center of the green. You're playing center offense green. versus playing exactly. defense. Exactly. And you're trying to keep taking it. Maybe, maybe I should apply this when I'm trying to go low because I can't <laughs> do it. But like it, probably it has to because these guys, that's what makes these things so fun. As much money as they play for, and I know the women don't play for a ton, a ton of money, but like competing week in and week out for yourself is incredibly, incredibly different than playing the back nine. You can't simulate that in any way. So like watching like people look like they're about to vomit is just like the best theater. And it's it, it, how do which is I think what's so cool when you when you contrast that with Bronte Law. <laughs> Uh, and how she looked on 17. Guys, like, should have seen how happy he was. That was another one. Right. Like, she's just ripping that gum and just stomping after the ball. And, like, even uh, on 16, I think, 16 to par five. Well, that hit. was the one that she kind of made a mess and then made the long Yeah, part, exactly. Right? She hit nuts. the, but she hit the second shot up there. And, like, as soon as, like, the ball, the club might not have even hit the ball yet. And she's walking after it already. And she's just, like, she looked exactly the opposite of the vomit people that you uh, like she you wanted the too. ball she yeah. was yeah, yeah she was ready it's yeah. always fun to see who's gonna play that role and yeah. who's gonna kind of you know tighten up i was totally blown away down the stretch too because uh georgia hall great performance against lexi mm-hmm. um, she's undefeated i think right yeah four and celine boutier yeah celine celine boutier she was i mean I, I could watch her hit wedges all day she's like so little it's like stricker-esque like yeah but she's just super precise and then the yin uh munoz match was like as good as it gets too um 
I think Angel was up four after the first nine, and then Munoz won three in a row, and then they traded a couple there. Like It was legitimately some of the best golf I've seen from the ladies probably all year. The the week kind of kicked off with some, I mean, is this manufactured controversy like with Danielle Kang and like sure. all the comments that happened? So I believe it was on a, on a golf.com podcast, Danielle Kang says, you're trying to take souls, you know, you're going there to make people cry. At this point, just crush the other team. That's the fun of it. We don't ever get to do that. We're always alone. We're always by ourselves playing for us and our caddy and our own little team. Is that even like, that's not even... It doesn't register on the radar for me, no, those I comments. Don't, I don't know she didn't I, say, we're going to crush their souls and make them cry. She's like, that's what you want to do. Like That's why you go to these team events. That's the attitude you take to it. It sounded like like a translation of Kellen Winslow's I'm a soldier. <laughs> like, like, you don't care about this you. Like, you know about the this. People, yeah, the people in this locker room, Like you don't care about this you. Like That was, that was essentially what she said word for word. My buddy and I, we have a thing that we still do every time. So in that Kellen Winslow speech, he's like, yeah, like the reporter is there like jotting down notes. He's like, yeah, you write that down. You, you, you make money off that. We always do this voice for the, the reporter just goes, oh, oh, believe me, I will. Man, Which I did not she knew, see us going there today. She knew she couldn't say that because it's, it's Greenbriar week. Correct. It's exactly. disrespectful to the right. troops. Um, also in that... Kellen Winslow tries so hard not to swear the whole time. He's like, we don't give a you-know-what about a vault. <laughs> and then at the very, very last line, he goes, I'm a fucking soldier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, like, going back to the Kang thing, all the, you know, all the butthurt. Who gets upset about Usual this? suspects. Yes. Like the Euro journals? Euro journals. Huggin like, and the gang. <laughs> Luke Donald tweeted at Alan Shipnick again today about his prediction about the previous Ryder Cup. Like, they are still, I can't get that out of their head. It's this crazy complex that's just, like, looking for this trash talk. Even Bronte Law was like, I don't I don't know who, who said we were favorites or that they were the favorites. I don't know where they're getting that. I was like... I think it was like the bookmaker. <laughs> right. And I think it was like extremely slight. No one was be- no one walked into this event being like the US is going to stomp on Europe. It was not like the the hype to leading up fair, to the Ryder Cup. To be fair, I don't think that other than maybe Bronte, I don't think the European players took that no, tack either. No, but I kind of just feel like they're looking for a little chip on their shoulder and like heading up into the Ryder Cup it was kind of like, yeah, these these players are really talking a big game. I was like, I don't really think they are. I haven't really heard the You heard- know what it almost is is like like this shit happens in the NFL every single week yes. to the point where it just like it gets old, like you can't really do it anymore. But there's always like going to the playoffs. There's the people like, you know, we're just not getting any respect and we're going to we're going to like they they use all these cliches. Golf only gets to use them like once every two years to the point where like they just don't get they don't get old as fast as they do in other sports. So yeah. like it, it's almost like golf has like more. Leeway. We're like in the 50s when <laughs> yeah, it comes exactly, to trash. Exactly. Talk. <laughs> like we're, yeah, we're 40 years behind, 50 years behind <laughs> all these other sports that have moved which on. I'm being kind of ruffled here too, because I'm firmly team Euro for the that's, Solheim Cup. We got a few well. questions on that. Is with that's yeah. you're rooting I, for team a, I just can't root for Lexi Thompson. Like it, it's just, it's so <laughs> hard for me to watch her play golf. She had a good Fred heard, Thompson's granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> really not a lot of people know that uh she had a good clap back at that fan that was good what happened she somebody yelled for well, somebody, no, well no, she some, didn't yell for which is uh, part right, of the problem which, too yeah, euro euro Tron, this is gonna be another <laughs> well, oh, I don't know. back to the british open brooks kepka only blinded a lady at the Ryder cup last year that was, that was a tough scene listen 
yeah, we can we can relitigate that. I mean, at, the guy the guy but, yelled for very 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 loud, like very vociferously, like right in her face. Vaughn, <laughs> 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 and she just goes, "Jesus, it wasn't that bad." But like she did, sick. she it almost domed somebody. So it, it was that bad. <laughs> and then Scott Dunlap clapped back at me on Twitter and was like, "238 yard par four. What the hell is this?" And it's like, dude, it's it's match play. Who it's, cares? One, yeah, one is match play, and two, that's like. Equivalent to what a two eighty par four for right. a, a male, and it was uphill, and it was like forty five degrees and blowing <laughs> yeah. forty miles an hour. And yeah, one par never matters. Par's irrelevant. We've been over this, and two especially doesn't matter in match play. Um, usually, uh, usually, like the shorter the par four, like shorter you make a par four, everyone's like, "This is the greatest is golf hole." See, this, this is, is the amazing. genius of this design. Golf needs more of these <laughs> golf holes. The course was a disgrace, though. I think we the can course was not good. I, yeah, I don't understand, like. How cool would that event be if you played it at like St. Andrews or yeah. you played it at Cruden Bay or like anywhere? If you're going to have it in Scotland, have it at... Or the other courses on that property. I mean, everyone, yeah. I've never been to That's either. That's what everybody the, says. The, yeah. other, the other course uh, at Glen Eagles. But, I, but I hear awesome. Glen Eagles and I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah. Because we won the memory of the 2014 Ryder Cup. And <laughs> there two, were, God, some of those overhead shots. Especially on like the 18th green, uh, after it was over, like everybody goes and floods that green. I was like, "Fuck, I've seen this picture before, man." <laughs> Remember when I Roy popped the champagne too early? Like before, <laughs> the last group was still in the green. It like the the top flew off. Uh, that was actually a great Ryder Cup. I mean, it sucked, but like it gave us Patrick Reed, it gave us Phil roasting Watson. Did anyone go to the? I game? think that was a yeah. Not even because I root for the Euros. I think that was an awesome Ryder Cup oh, just because yeah. the content oh, was, oh, sure. was phenomenal, just the best. <clears throat> Quick tidbit I had from today. This was Morgan Pressel's sixth Ryder Cup or sixth Solheim Cup. She's thirty-one. I mean, that's these, crazy. These girls start so playing when wild. they're very young. So, which I think she played when she was like seventeen or nineteen. Which or props like to Anna Norquist too, because none of that would have even like gone down the way it did today without her just basically, yeah, closing the books on Pressel. Yeah. And uh, Norquist was zero three going into today. Yeah. So um, the Corda sisters both went undefeated. They were both three zero and one. Um, Nelly looks a lot like a killer, and I mean it's all it, again. We do this every time I think with young American players, but it's only a matter of time before she wins a major. But it really is only a matter of time. Nelly's putting stroke is so solid too. Like 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 you just you know she's gonna make anything inside yeah. ten feet. Both quarter sisters golf swings. I think I've said this before, but you could convince me that there's no better golf swing in the world than Nelly Corda has, and then you could also convince me that she has the second best golf swing <laughs> in her family. So. <laughs> Can you, um, can people, you think about the odds? Uh, I know this is very obvious, but can you think about the odds of siblings being on a like Solheim Cup team or Ryder Cup team? Like Molinari's too is another one that's like, you know, fucking impossible that is. That's nuts. Imagine Icarito and I being on, <laughs> being on a Ryder Cup team together. Yeah, exactly. The only thing that makes it I can't even imagine you guys like getting on the same NLU team together. <laughs> like even that would take some doing. It's that's wild. The only thing that makes it feel scuzzy is not the word, but just kind of they both they came out of like a golf. Academy, like like factory. A factory. Yeah. yeah. And like their their dad was a professional tennis player. Uh, her mom was a professional tennis player as well, I believe. And like they're both just, I saw her mom at KPMG and you, you see like where the athletic genes come from. She's like over six feet tall. And, and their brother's tearing it up right now on the tennis circuit. Yes. He's like number one ranked amateur in the world <laughs> tennis player. So yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have much to add. Other than I'm sure some like, of that's, that's, that's wild, man. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> I thought Inkster, I think she got a little bit of flack yesterday for breaking him up, or I guess on Friday for breaking him up. But she was like, I'm not going to play them together. I'm, a, I'm going to rest them one session. Yeah. And B, I'm not going to play them together all three sessions because they're going to like Kill each choke other. each other. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very true. Which, yeah, it's, 
I, we love to second guess a lot of decisions, but also like the person in the room knows the players better. Who knows if the <laughs> girls sure. wanted to stay together for all three matches or four matches and. Uh, it's just so easy to sit back. Oh God! Who, who, how, they and just, fun. And fun. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> it's actually kind of the only reason we exist. So maybe I shouldn't go too hard on this, but uh, it, it is. I don't know. You gotta what get. I, you gotta what I meant to say fake. is it's bullshit. Yeah, they shouldn't. They shouldn't broke them up. Actually, now that I think about it, why did they break them up? <laughs> I did like the more that I see Julia Inkster interviewed, and the more I listen to her, the, the more I like her. She's For just. Sure. She just seems like such a pleasant, knowledgeable cool human being yeah no i totally agree it was it was she said afterwards that she's done this was her yeah her last one she's is two, it because she's one. out of like memes for like going to it's work it's possible it's possible it? yeah the lunch fails the and lunch the hard fail. and shit. yeah <laughs> it's uh yeah i don't know man it, it's it's one of those things i think like you probably say this after every team event but the captains always get too much credit and too much blame mm-hmm. and it's just kind of yeah. it's like yeah did the, did the players play well or not like how much yeah you know, how much is this really it's amazing how much more rational like I don't want to say we as in everyone, but like us sitting here, we are about this than we are like the Ryder Cup. But we would be that's, that's what an unbelievable mistake. Why would you send Morgan <laughs> Pressel out last? Like you know, in that scenario, after four p.m., you know her game starts to dip. But even that, like I, I mean, I don't know as much about the Ryder Cup as as say the gentleman to my right here, but. Like really, the only one that I can really name off the top of my head is Tom Watson sitting, speech and <laughs> yeah, read. That like was that's the only one where I'm like, dog, like that. That yeah. was. Stupid. I don't know how Sutton playing. Well, cat that, yeah, that was that was a bad <laughs> one. That was a bad one too. But the point is, like, they're very much the uh, the exception. Yes. Yeah. All right. I want to talk a little bit about potential team events. Before we do that, uh, it's time for a break for and a word from our friends at Callaway. This one seems pretty targeted at Tron, I think. Um, they had to come out with a whole new set of wedges, I think, uh, to help fit your game. They unveiled their new Jaws MD5 wedges, uh, featuring the most aggressive grooves in golf. It's a breakthrough in wedge craftsmanship from Callaway chief designer Roger Cleveland and his team. Uh, they, the new Jaws groove, along with the proven groove-in groove technology to take spin and control to the next level, the walls, edges, angles are all milled to the face to achieve the sharpest edges and tightest tolerances ever from Callaway. The result is a striking wedge built for total performance, premium shapes, striking finishes, outstanding feel, and exceptional spin. They're in stores this Friday, and you can also uh, get involved with Callaway Customs. You can personalize some colors, some stamping. Tron will probably order about three or four of each, you know, finish and stamping. I've been working on them all week. I'm, I'm, naming, I'm, I'm naming them after uh, different kinds of knives. <laughs> so I've got a Santuco, a paring knife, and a, uh, what do you call it? A Cutco. Shout out, Neil. <laughs> the Hardy Slicer. Not the Hardy Slicer. That would be too, that'd be too aggro. Uh, the Jaws might be how Tron gets his groove back. Ooh. You've been playing a lot of golf with me. I've, I've been. You've actually, yeah, you've been making some strides. For a lot sure. of people out there need to open their eyes to Tron here, <laughs> upcoming in, in the fall. I'm coming for everybody. I'm down to a 2.4, which is terrifying. That's awesome. Let's get out on the golf course. I'll play against as a 2.4. <laughs> which, I, and I birdied eight this week. That's oh, it was scummy. We can take maybe take that offline, but the tee was moved up like 60 yards. Oh, yeah, it was gross. Whoa, which asterisk. if anything, I birdied it was it the day prior from the full tee. It was straight into the wind. It was. Probably 315, 320. Why was the team moved up? I'm, I'm not sure. Well, they, they had aerated. Tron got the, there like 45 minutes before <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, too. he's talking to the tournament committee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They had aerated the tee boxes. A, it was, it was not reachable. If anything, it was actually a tougher hole from there. Is what That's I what you were so that, that, that was a prepared Either statement. Either way, Randy played the I best golf I've ever seen him play. Tell me yeah. about it. 
Are we done with Callaway? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Go to uh, to CallawayGolf.com to experience Jaws MD5. It's out this Friday. And again, you can go hard on those Callaway Customs. I mean, I I think the fact that Randy shot the 74 is like... If that doesn't make you run out and go buy Callaways, I don't know. It's the ultimate ad read. Yeah. It was uh, was his best round ever by three? Yes. I don't want to overstate this. I want to keep this in perspective, but it was Ken Duke-esque. Yeah, it was a tough condition. Ken Duke at the players. Conditions were tough on the front. (laughs) Uh, and then it kind of we got a little rainstorm came through, kind of laid down a little bit after that. It was ripe for the taking. Big guy made a couple birds. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was just like I, I basically don't even think I realized until we got to nine. We started in the back. We always fucking start in the back. I don't know why. I love starting on the back. Ugh, oh, and then the, the and then the wind dies, and, and like the front's super easy. When really yeah. you want 10, 11, 12, 13 to be easy. That's right. true. But if you get through like fifteen, and then it's just like there's like nine birdie ops in twelve holes. We got to we got to nine, which is a par three, kind of like one one sixty five, one seventy, par three. And Randy kind of saunters up very sheepishly, and is like, "Hey, you know, I don't. I guess I'm not even gonna like jinx myself. Like, I just need to make a five here to shoot my best round ever." And I was like, "Whoa! I didn't even. I was in my own world. I guess I didn't even realize it was awesome. I was kind of shepherding him there for a little bit. He was working with Tron Stockton Jr. out there." No, he he was in total control of his golf ball. It was remarkable to see. Um, the, the reason I love Tron Stockton Jr. is it's more of a play on John Stockton than <laughs> for sure, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so possibly the most impressive athletic achievement I've seen this year. I mean, Randy's six foot eight. You yeah. know how much like limb and his irons are are each an inch and a half long. So that those in and of themselves just terrify me as i believe you said it, it was a celebration of life it was yeah, yeah. 40 I, I, 34 for his his first under par and like nothing gimmicky like he, he just dude he hits it now he we, we played in february right before we left for california at timaquan he shot 100 like he actually shot 100 it was pretty demoralized because he counts like he, he refuses <laughs> <Yes>. to pick <laughs> up he, respect, he refuses he respects the game too much yeah. he does he grinds and he has turned his game around i want to what did it do to his handicap do we know there's been a new update question. here on this is uh, yeah, september 15th love to follow up on that um a lot of a lot of movers and shakers been going on the, on the handicap board over here and we got some, we got some work to do this remaining in the fall did he get any new birdies for the uh two. Birdie challenge yeah. two um, new birdies two new birdies i forget which holes but. uh i think he got three and six god yeah. randy's efficient yeah. as hell because he has not exactly. birdied any hole twice yeah. Uh, yeah as we look up here at the big board here in the kill house but uh onto the Greenbrier. as we record this joaquin neiman has a four-shot lead with fellow, five Slender, holes to fellow play. slenderman he's going to become looks like to become the first player from chile to ever win a pga tour event can um, i tell you guys he was born in 1998 <laughs> Get used to it. Twenty years old. <laughs> like that, he's one of those things, like kind of like Sung Jm, where it's like I think we did this a lot with Spieth too, where you just lock onto like one player, and it's like your brain only has capacity to process like one really mm-hmm. good young player. And you look around, and you're like, dude, there's like six or seven more. And I think that's kind of been like Wolf and Hovland or whatever, where you know people kind of slept on Morikawa, they, and then they've slept on like Morikawa is what two years older than Neiman. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, so and he's, he's a rookie. This is what is like second, second full year on tour. Like it's people did this with Bryson too. I mean, he came, yeah, he's like older totally. when he came out. I was like, okay, like speed's like going like three majors by yeah. the time he was 23. <laughs> I watched on Friday, most of Neiman's round, he shot 62 and like, it was one of those 62s where just effortless. Yeah. You're not really like, oh, this guy's shooting 62. It's just like, no, like he didn't, he just straight up didn't miss a shot. Yeah, he's freakishly talented. So assuming he goes on to win this, that will be a, a well-deserved win and another, you know. And he's got Another an interesting that, move too. Yeah, he does. Which I think is always reassuring and always like 
I don't know, kind of heartwarming to see somebody that's just not like a straight, you know, generic swing. Can we guess that for a par 70 golf course, Kevin Chappell is the first person ever to shoot five under par without shooting in the 60s? <laughs> if they don't put a plaque in for this performance, then what What the hell are we doing here? 71, 59, 73, 72. And he should have shot 58. Like he had chances. Yeah. He was, uh, he birdied nine in a row, I believe, on uh, Friday. And yeah, it was what, nine under through 10? T47. He finished T47 <laughs> after shooting 59. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, yeah. We look, we usually look back. Granted, like, it's his first. I think first first tour event back after yeah. a back injury and stuff. But in like ten months, yeah. It, but it, we do look back at like the fifty nines and like really like Furyk shot. He finished third when he shot fifty eight. No, we're gonna look back at this and be like, no, he finished T forty seven. That was what I was like about Appleby's fifty nine at, yeah. at yeah. Greenbrier because it was, it was to, Sunday, win. Yeah. to win. Sunday to win. But uh, I can't remember who else we say this about. But Kevin Chappell always looks like he's playing golden tee. Yeah, he's that was he's, Randy. It's like he's the one. That he, he's that the tweet. one that kicked it off. Yeah, Randy said he like like when you're playing Golden Teen, you don't take the club back at all, and you just fling <laughs> your hand, you fling your hand forward at the screen. Uh, Randy, yeah, Randy said by the time he's sixty, he won't have a backswing. <laughs> just swing it forward like Golden Tee. Yeah, and uh, every time I see the name Kevin Chapel or see him on TV, I'm, I think of that tweet every I, single time. I think of there's a YouTube video. Uh, there's some language upcoming if you have some uh, some kids in the car, but. Uh, there's a YouTube video when he was on the nationwide tour, I believe it was way back in the day. And, uh, <laughs> like there's nobody, there's no fans out at these events. It's like dead silent. And there's a microphone like right in his face. And it's just one of those like easy Thursday, Friday afternoons when there's nothing going on and you're probably asleep on the couch watching it. And as soon as he just, <laughs> whoosh, you hear like impact just poof, hits it. Get the fuck down. <laughs> And it just like I don't know, it might have been scrubbed from YouTube now, but it's like one of my favorite videos ever. That's been in our uh, our lexicon <laughs> oh, for, yeah. for quite some time ever that's, since that's that. That's a good happened. one, I think. Um, Scotty Scheffler, <laughs> so congrats on the fifty nine. Was completely disrespectful to amateurs everywhere. Hit a shot, I believe it was Saturday. Hits a shot and goes, "Oh, I shanked it," and it was in the center of the green. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a tough, tough. scene. That's, that's a disrespect tough. for all of us that have have serious shanking issues. Well, I mean, Scheffler, I, fi- I feel like he forgot how to play the last two days. He went 65, 62, 71, and he's probably going to shoot seven, you know, 69, 70, or 71 today. And I thought he had the tournament locked up. Well, do we want to give a quick shout to the FedEx Of guy? course. Yeah, it's time to do that. Go to uh, the – in case you're not familiar, we have a second podcast feed. It's called The Trap Draw. It's hosted by Randy and Tron, and uh, we had our second annual drafting of our FredX Cup teams, which is uh, we do like a fantasy league essentially where you draft the, up from the 50 players that are graduating from the Corn Ferry Tour to the PGA Tour. We draft 30 guys, six guys per team. Uh, that episode came out last week. It was a wild draft. There was a lot of shenanigans going on. I'm not and sure shenanigans is the right word. It was yeah. uh, I, I, shrewd play. I agree. I agree with what you said. <laughs> a lot of shrewdness, a lot of gamesmanship one of the more lopsided disgusting short-sighted trades i've I've ever seen i was neil Neil was on the polish border just waving the troops in (laughs) just yeah come on in boys so i'm hitler in this scenario yes of course it was disgusting neil had the first pick i I don't want to spoil the whole pot you're hitler and and uh hovland is the sudetenland (laughs) (laughs) neil has chamberlain neil neil yeah yeah. neil had the first pick like and you know, I know we've only been doing the Fred X Cup for two years now, but there's We're, no way there's a, ever been a more obvious number one pick coming off of the Web Tour, the the Corn Ferry Tour, 
than Victor Hovland, who just tied today the most consecutive rounds in the 60s uh, in like since, on the PJ Tour since, since 1983. Since 1983, which by the way, 1983 is just like when the shot link era started. So like it could have been longer than that. So anyways, uh, Neil trades away the first pick for like, I don't know, in his words, he's quote, building for the future. Which I didn't understand that part. One year league. You only have your players for one year. It was... Absolutely disgusting. Well, he got a project, then, protected it, pick for next year. That's that helps. So. And then he proceeded to put together one of the most weird. He, he's he's labeled it the Zhang Gang, <laughs> one of the weirdest <laughs> collections of players I've ever seen before. So, anyway, probably not a great look that Tom Hoagie and Richie Wrensky, both guys, went undrafted in the FedEx <laughs> Cup. They are currently tied for second. Yeah, I was between uh, Chris Baker and Richie Wrensky with my last pick, and. Uh, Shows poorly for for this week. It's a long season. It is quite a long season. Shout out to Scotty Scheffler, currently T6. And then Sebastian Munoz, you guys were clowning me a little bit that, you know, I was making the joke that my team from last year was going to be, or last season was going to be, you know, firing on all cylinders. They're close. Well, Sebastian Munoz, T6. There you you have it, folks. Adam Long, also T6. It's like a player. It's like a a trading like Randy Moss from the Raiders to, (laughs) like, the Patriots, though. He couldn't play for you. He didn't want to play for you. Um, I just think it's cool to see some of the graduates from this program, you know, go out and, and do big things in year two. That's, yeah. that's what I'm looking for from guys like Adam Long, of course, of course. Uh, Scott Langley, anyways, Curtis Luck. There's on our message board, the refuge, there, there is, I believe, a FedEx Cup version of the game that you can play if you're looking for some guys. Which to I have for. a problem with that one because everybody got unfettered access to every single player. There should have been some sort of tier system or salary cap or something like Take that. Take it up with the commissioner. I don't even know who the commissioner is. <laughs> there isn't. Maybe there is no commissioner. That's part of the issue. Um, I, it's early in the season. I, just worth noting that I had five of six guys finish in the top twenty-five this week. But that's that's, that's incredibly impressive. I had all. I think all six of my guys missed the cut this week, <laughs> which is a tough scene. That's also incredibly impressive. Yeah. Which I was stunned to see, and I, I don't pay that much attention to this though, on a week-in, week-out basis. How much money was up for grabs at Greenbrier this week? One point three five to the winner, um, and. All the way through 19th place made six figures. The yeah. ninth place finish was like $219,000. So that's, that's the kind of stuff that these Corn Ferry graduates are playing for now that they've never played for ever that, in their lives. That's what we said before. It's like even if you, you, know, even if you go finish 150th on the money list, like you're going to make 700 grand or something like that, you know, 600 Plus grand, 500 grand. Your yeah. endorsements are worth Whereas 10x. I think number like, one on the Corn Ferry money list probably made like 550 this year, something like that. I'm not even. Not, not even. Yeah. I think Scott Harrington. He finished T24 this week. I think pretty sure he made more money in this week <laughs> than he did last season on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah. So, so it's like, where wow, are they getting all this money? Is is Jim Justice just floating all this money this <laughs> I week? I think it's the military budget. It's coming straight <laughs> it's out of the mil- DOD. Military it, spending. Yeah. yeah, it's a write off for them. It's all charity. <laughs> Raytheon. <laughs> you know, it's BAE coming, systems yeah, it's coming from Blackwater. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> a couple other things to catch up on. Driver testing has now entered the PGA Tour. Um, I don't think we have a lot of details really on how that's going to be done or conducted. It sounded like they were pretty, from what I read about it, thanks to uh, Jay Wall, they're doing it in conjunction with the equipment manufacturers, which sounds like it's like the right thing to do because it's going to be, you know, it's kind of on them. Like they're taking some of the onus off the players and more on the on the equipment manufacturers. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. Yeah, they were a little scant on details. I think from what we've heard, too, yeah, give your, you're going to test the drivers? <clears throat> test the three woods. <laughs> I want to look at the three woods, too. It seems interesting that they're only going to test drivers, but 
Um, just just take an eye. Just take a look. It seems you hear that from us. It seems interesting. And this you know might not be a causation correlation thing. Like maybe this has been in the works for a while. But you know, coming off of the British Open, uh, the Open Championship, the UK British Open, whatever you prefer, presented by Your Majesty. Uh, you know, seeing how quickly they got this turned around on the PJ Tour, it's like man, you get. When you guys put your mind to it, like you can flip these things around pretty fast. Whenever, uh, whenever you know, you seem to be interested. So, I don't know if that extends to things like pace of play or you know any of the other myriad of things that people like to complain about. But it's, well, they're looking into their policy on pace. Well, of play. that was another one too. That's like, well, actually, I wouldn't say that that one happened fast because people have been right. complaining about that for about thirty years. One could say that where there's a will, there's a J. <laughs> <laughs> that's poetic. Maybe a good segue here. Yeah, exactly. I got a chance to play with the uh, commissioner of the PGA Tour, Mr. Jay Monahan, yesterday in a charity event at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, don't have a ton to report from it, other than we had a great time, and we're hoping to have him on the podcast here. A lot of things are in flux currently with PGA Tour, uh, particularly with television contracts, a topic we are obviously quite passionate about. Um, and I think once that once the dust settles on that, uh, we look to potentially have him back on the podcast to discuss a number of issues, including television, future of the PGA Tour, and golf and whatnot. But the future of live under par. Yes, future of live under par. Tron is especially keen on that one. And uh, as critical as we are of the PGA Tour, that there wasn't really, and at least on his behalf, there wasn't really an issue with the things we say or do. I think he values feedback a lot, and uh, at least at a certain level kind of gave us still a seat at the table, which I think can be more than some of the other departments of the PGA Tour do. So, so it's actually pretty interesting to play around a golf with him, pick his brain on a lot of things, and uh, hopefully hopefully see some changes here in the coming months on, and in the future of how golf is presented on television. So There's that character Latimer in the program. <laughs> you guys ever see the program? Mm-mm. Oh, like, God. Like 20 years to, ago. <laughs> he's obsessed with... Seat at the table. Seat at the table. Seat at the table. So it, I'll, I'll tweet it out. It's a great Please clip. Do. But he's like, he, he finally cracks the starting lineup, and he's like, seat at the table. <laughs> that was solid. Pulled into TPC Sawgrass <laughs> yesterday. Well, how's his game? I think that's the you know. ninety degree day playing without a glove. I was Ooh. triggered. Yeah, Shout out to Streber. I, yeah. I I hated it. I, I, I if I don't have the proper glove on a humid day, we saw what happened while we're golf episode one. I had to go to the rain glove. Uh, maybe because my grip is really bad, but uh, yeah, he he swings it really well. I mean, I know he plays a decent amount of golf, probably not as much as he'd like to, but he plays off five. He'd be a good partner as a five. He doesn't miss. He doesn't really miss shots. He didn't really take it too deep, but he is very, very consistent. I, I think I saw something on Twitter. Did you guys have a chance to discuss Tron's uh, infrastructure? Yes. I sent him the Commissioner for a Day podcast. He's going to listen to it, but I did give him a spoiler on the uh, the idea of connecting the Intercoastal to... The, Which uh, I found a new route. They would even take less. <laughs> I swear to God. It's, He's it's, asking for a proposal. So okay. please send that. For people who haven't listened to the Commissioner for a Day podcast. Well, explain. I'll leave that to TC. This is his This is his plan. He's the lead architect on this project. Well, yeah. Basically, we want to connect. <laughs> He's the lead architect. It's kind of in conjunction with Randy's plan to put a hot tub in the middle of the 17th green at Sawgrass. Uh, I think there was a lot of misinformation out there that said that I wanted to connect it to the ocean. I wanted to connect to the intercoastal waterway. Connect what? The water at? 16, 17, and 18. I want to connect those so you can bring boats and yachts and jet skis Personal and stuff. watercraft. Personal watercraft in there. <laughs> and then there should also be a lazy river over on 13 as well, which would okay. be sick. That'd be sweet. But yeah, so just just a lot of, a lot of stuff in that vein. 
Um, There's a lot of idea sharing, and that was the one that perked him up maybe the most. So uh, the hot tub idea, he w- in the middle of 17 green, he wasn't as keen on. But well, that's because seen- he had just hit it right to the middle of the green. That's true. <laughs> that's probably true. Uh, uh, we wanted to roast his swing. And I told, I told him, I was like, all right, we're going to roast my swings. I tried to make him nervous before hitting the shot on 17, but he just plopped it right in the middle of the green. So There were some rumors of an alignment eight on 16. That was intentional. I actually put that, that there, and I wanted, to, I wanted to stir up some. Uh, Did you plant the Coors Light there, too? <laughs> that was my Coors Light, actually. Okay. God, he, he, he's probably answering to all sorts of folks on that. I did not me- intend to do that. We were he, was, he did not drink during the round. The rest of our foursome was... Uh, was letting a few fly, and uh, it was a great event for Golf Fights Cancer. It was a great day. I was stunned to get the invite to do it, and uh, it was hopefully some progress towards repairing the relationship between No Laying Up and the PGA Tour. So Next time we're coming out to Jack's Beach. Yes, yes. We Hopefully this kind of part of the relationship continues. This doesn't. Uh, people that have thought this buys Curry's favor or buys favor for the PGA Tour don't do not know us well enough. Uh, we did not back down on really the, any of the issues that – we believe in or maybe that I personally believe in and we I gave him gave him kind of what I think of a lot of things and he agreed to some and disagreed with some so it was a, a nice discourse if you will you should have uh, you should have seen how much money you could get for a home and home to set up that that match at Jack's Beach Ooh. you might have lost your bargaining power now that you already went to his his place yeah his place is Pablo Creek oh that's true yeah but at C-Suite yeah so yeah that's that it was a fun day all right, so this is the first event of the fall schedule, the new fall schedule. A lot more events. I think there's like 13 total events this fall. I love it. I think yeah. it gives the guys that are fresh off the Corn Ferry Tour, I think it gives them an ample opportunity to kind of stay in the groove. If there's more events before the reshuffle this year. Is that correct? I think so. Um, I went to Smarten on this, and he didn't. He couldn't even answer. So yeah, if he did, maybe nobody. Yeah, the reshuffle and just <laughs> exemptions and all that stuff like feels like not a black box. Like I, I think there would be very transparent if you ask. It's, it's very just, Byzantine. Yeah, it's just like dude, I don't even know like what questions to ask or yeah. how like how the hell this system works. Either way, I think it's it's just you know it seems like it, they play a wide variety of courses. You know, this week, next week. Um, Safeway, even like they're not bombers paradises. Like anybody can contend Jack, there. Jackson kind of is, I think. It is. I think Jackson's pretty wide open. Cam Champ won yeah, last Camp year. Champ so. decimated people last yeah. year. Um, like uh, Houston moving into the fall, the Zozo. I'm super curious about that one. So you've still got your kind of upper echelon events. Bermuda's into the fall now. That's a new event. Uh, CJ Cup, I know, is one of your faves. It just feels like the events that are now opposite football are the events that should be opposite football instead that's, of the playoffs. That's what I was going to say. Is it feels very uh, – I say this kind of in a good way. Like It feels like you can kind of check in or check out. Like If you if you want to watch it, if it's a captivating leaderboard, if there's you know good young players that you want to watch, like they're going to get a chance to, to shine like we're seeing you know this week uh, with a lot of those new Corn Ferry guys that you guys mentioned earlier. But if you want to check out and you have want to go to a football game or you want to go play golf or you know enjoy the fall or whatever, uh, you're it doesn't feel like you're missing all that much either. So it's kind of a it's kind of a cool balance and and I kind of I like it. I'm I'm actually super excited for the fall. A lot of it's probably Fred X Cup and like a lot of you know these young guys like getting a bunch of starts and trying to reshuffle up and like I think that stuff's always pretty captivating to sickos like us but i get more excited for this stretch than i do like late summer you know a lot of those kind of like dog days of summer events where everything has been you know you haven't had a week off in like almost a year (laughs) and uh i'm ready for the fall i just feel like there's there's more of a variety of courses Mm -hmm. and you're getting new faces and i think it's it's incumbent upon the tour to you know i think they know they need to do this a little bit better but to kind of tell the story of these new guys a little bit more so they're not just faceless guys as soon as they pop up on a leaderboard on the West Coast swing. Right. 
Uh, why don't we get to a few questions here, and then uh, we can get close to wrapping this up. Will Bardwell ask, with fall approaching, below what temp is too cold to play golf? It's a good question, but I think there's some layers to this one. I think you've got you to go beyond temperature, right? It's the wind. Wind, wind and the sun. Wind, sun, and and uh, like just course condition, too. Yeah, that's true. But I think it's 45 and sunny with no wind is very different than 45 and windy. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I it's, think so that's right. it's easy to kind of look at the forecast and say like, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's in it's in the high forties. We let's go play, but if that's high forties with twenty mile an hour winds, like that's not probably worth it. There was a course in Boston, South Shore Country Club that would stay. They would basically stay open until the first snow. And I played there on New Year's Day, a couple of years ago, and it was, you know, it was probably 38, 40 degrees, but there was no wind and the sun was shining and it, it just it was not a bad day to play golf on. It helps if you're walking too, if you're moving around yeah. and yes, you know, if you're not in a cart where like the wind is just mm-hmm. whipping you. Like we played, God, what, the, I'm trying to think of like cold weather rounds that we played. And I, I think say, it's also ironic that like gotten, three guys are sitting yeah, here in Florida. Exactly. Talking about We've this. gotten very spoiled to if the point where I'm just like, yeah. no, oh, no. nope. <laughs> uh, but we played, we had a chance to play colonial last year. as part of like our stuff we, oh. we do with Charles Schwab and Schwab. Uh, <laughs> I think, it was literally, what was it? It was like 32 degrees, I think. It was 28 up. when we got 28 there. when we and got to the frost delay. Yeah. And, and it was windy. And it was windy. It that, was, but it calmed down. Like the wind calmed down. And at a certain point, it was like, we started shedding layers by late morning. I mean, it actually, and that, that was actually, because the sun was out that day too. So I think it, it, yeah, it just depends on more than just the temperature. Just be, if it's wet in 45, like don't, don't do it. Like just, you don't have to do that. There's a question from Mike Picton says, does this Solheim change Solly's view that the Ryder Cup should be an annual thing? This was so good. And to dilute it with a Ryder Cup being played close to it would not be good. Or would it amp up the Ryder Cup? I think I'm on an island here that Ryder Cup should be every year anyways. But 100%. (laughs) I am very much every other year. Yeah, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. But I I would probably today, if you're asking me, I would lean more towards every two. Uh, I do like how the Solheim alternates with it I and mean, i think that's a cool yeah that's a cool trade-off yeah i, I just i don't know i really like uh i like not not having it it's kind of like out of sight out of mind when it's not there like i think it's easy to it's easy to get beyond needing it like i don't feel you know we're right at that part of the year like i don't feel like we really like need it right now i don't know which i need to dig in a little bit on the this ul international crown that that the lpga plays is that it's, the like three teams with teams of four i think yeah like because i I'd, I'd be down to watch the South Koreans play the U.S. Mm-hmm. In, well, like, in an annual or a biannual cup thing. You know what I was thinking was, I think we mentioned this either, we might have mentioned it on the Commissioner for a Day pod, but a mixed event feels like it needs to happen. Like that was my takeaway today yeah. was like, God, how, like all these women are so freaking good that like, if you want to talk about like bringing more eyeballs to women's golf and like helping lift up women's golf, like doing some sort of mixed event where you're having Dustin Johnson like bringing eyes to women's golf, essentially. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't know. I think that would be so freaking cool. If you replace the President's Cup with like yeah. six men, six women versus like a world team, like yeah. that would be awesome. And like that's so good. I mean, I would assume the women would play the women and the men would play the men. I, I assume you don't want to stagger tees and try to figure out how to cross. I feel like you could play four ball with like with yeah. women, women playing a different tee. That would be sweet. You know? Yeah. Not like Charlie Hall like, and Tommy Fleetwood like that, playing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be yeah. so cool. That'd, that'd be makes, awesome. Yeah, that makes like I don't want to rag on the Presidents Cup. We do that at every opportunity <laughs> that we get. But like 
there's just no like rest of the world except Europe. There's yes. no natural rivalry there. I am I'm really honestly looking forward to watching Royal Melbourne. They did an awesome job with the time of day those matches are going to be played. It's actually going to be prime time here in the U.S. It's going to be an incredible golf course, and uh, it's uh, that part is going to be interesting. But like I, I honestly don't care if, like if the U.S. wins or loses. And I think that's an issue because I couldn't care more about uh, that in the Ryder Cup. But really, even if you're a U.S. fan, I think you want the U.S. to lose one of these just yeah. so it actually it means right. something, yeah. right? President's Cup does a couple things better. differently for the better. The way and that spaced they spaced out better. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The way that they draw teams and like the way that they they legitimately like I think sometimes they televise it, but a lot of times they have to do it like while matches are still on the course, but. They'll like bring the captains into the team room or into the uh, interview room, and they'll they'll do a whole like, okay, going out first is Justin Thomas, and then the internationals will gather and figure out who they want to put out. And so, yeah, they they there's a couple small things that they do differently. It's just not I don't know, it's not enough. To, well, I literally forgot about it today when I was I was tweet like the Solheim Cup ended, and I was like thinking about team golf, and I was like, man, okay, so I guess what's next? Like the Olympics? Like, huh, that's kind of interesting. And I like tweeted something, and someone's like, oh, throwing shade at the President's Cup. I was like, oh fuck. No, I just well, forgot the, about the President's Cup. Is the Olympics even team golf? It, no. It's not. It's individual, but it's like, <laughs> good, it's still... Really good take, No, teach. come on. But it's still, I mean, you're still playing for like, you know, you still have a flag next to your name and you're still on a team. And I, I agree. Like, it's not, I'm trying to be positive here. Gotcha, there's, gotcha. there's, uh, they could do it differently. And I think like, that was one of the things that if you're watching today and you don't think that like the Olympics would be better as a, oh as a team event. Like I don't really get what your, but your end goal is, but yeah, the Olympic committee, their opinion was basically, if you want to be in the Olympics, we are going to compete the way that at the top level of your sport, you compete, which yeah. is a four round stroke play tournament. It was not, you know, going to be an, a team novelty of some kind. So, Whoa, I'm on the PGA tour schedule. Did I just totally miss this? They renamed the Palm Springs event, the American express. Oh, I think that just happened this week. Whoa, really? I did not know yeah. that. I was like, what? Yeah. Wow. Huh. They finally got a sponsor. Got a sponsor. <laughs> there you go. Long live the Desert Classic. It's not going to be sponsored by that uh, that warlord from the Philippines <laughs> yeah, or exactly. that was. That was sick. Um, Jason Grant wants to know why Ches Revy can't find a hat that fits. Uh, I got a weirdly shaped head. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit this one out. I really thought this was gonna be a layup for you. That he's wears a special helmet to protect from CTE <laughs> <laughs> that Brooks gives him. <laughs> I really thought that's where you're gonna go. Uh, Patrick Blewett says, "When was the last time you paid for golf?" Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, I paid for golf Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday last week. So where was that at? Where'd you play? Oh, uh, now that we're talking about it, if you wanna if you wanna discuss it. I made a little trip to, up to Philadelphia last week. Got to play uh, Marion on Wednesday and then made my first ever trip, which was also my first time there, but also made my first ever trip to the Valley of Pines, Pine mm. Valley Golf Club. Uh, in Clementon New Splash Jersey. World. Yeah, <laughs> Splash World, which you guys were way more excited about. Did you go to Clementon Splash World? We did not. We drove by it. We drove around it and uh, took a bunch of pictures for, for, for you guys, really. <laughs> <laughs> it was a thrill to send those home to the boys. Shout, shout out to D.C. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, no, that was, I mean, it's whatever. It's the number one ranked club in the world. And I didn't, I was pretty blind on it. I've seen pictures of it. And every, all the pictures I've seen, I'm like, huh, like that, that looks like a really, really hard tee shot. Like, where do you land it? I'm sure in person when you get there, it's, it's a little more friendly. It is not. <laughs> it is absolutely not. It is the hardest golf course I've ever played. So we played it twice, but we got rained out the last three holes. So I didn't get to, po- we played the back tees the first round. We, I didn't get to post a number. And I wanted 
to see like what it's kind of like a USO. Like, what would you shoot US open? I was on my way to shooting like no better than 83 when we got rained out. But when you texted us about it, I thought for sure you were going to say, yeah, like the, the caddy pulled me off a couple of the holes. I was <laughs> yeah, like, dang, yeah. dang, you three. Quite the opposite. Like it was kind of like expected. Like you guys, like, you can finish out. Like I want to see like what, what happens here. Like, this is supposed to be the hardest golf course in the world. And it's the caddies are amazing at finding your golf ball. And I put them in some tough spots. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And they did not lose a single one. Fairways are wide, but they're wide like from the up tees. Like you go all the way back. And I've always gone to like tour events and looked at like, I don't, I don't, the, the fairway's wide up there, but from so far back with the way like a dispersion cone goes, like that is not wide enough for my swing. And once you stand over a few of those and you hit a few wayward ones, those fairways get smaller and smaller and smaller. And I hit some of the worst golf shots I've ever hit. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was honestly embarrassing at times, but it was, it, it was, I, I felt like I missed out on some of the golf course cause I hit it so bad, but we would like try to do it at the end. It's like, I guess like the game people try to play there. It's like, all right, what's the worst hole? And like you argue over what the worst hole is because you like, can't pick one out. And I had mentioned number six to ZB or something. He's like, dude, I can't believe you didn't like number six. It's <laughs> like, no, 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 I, di- I didn't, I did not like it. Like I just, it was just, it was just okay for me. Um, I was, I don't know. I, you hear about what it's like to play at Augusta and everyone just says, it's like not a good hang. Like you are walking on eggshells the whole time, and I, you're on borrowed time. Yes, <laughs> and you're just like, and, and Pine Valley is strict on like don't talk on your phone. Like that's like the rule. And the rest is honestly when once you walked in the gate, it felt like it felt like you were a member. I mean, it felt you got a seat at the table. Yeah, I got a seat at the table. <laughs> seat at the table. <laughs> um, it was just you felt. So, I felt so comfortable the whole time. We got to stay in the clubhouse, which was just sick, but. The whole everyone there kind of treats you like you're a member. And the way the members approach, I guess I never really thought of it this way, but the members don't really play with members other than like events. It is expected that you bring three guests and that you stay on property and you play multiple rounds. And like it, and the, I was fortunate enough to be invited by a member and he, his attitude was like, I get a thrill out of like taking people out here and like showing them this place and experiencing it. And that just really impressed me. It, it is of course a, a very exclusive club. It was shocking to me the way they described it. It was like this is a golfer's club. Like this is for play. Like not. It's not like you have to be a single digit handicap to get in. But it's kind of like no, no, no. Like this is for people that have like dedicated themselves to the game and you know want to bring golfers here that are going to appreciate it. And that was kind of their whole attitude. And it was it was phenomenal. It was great. They have a short course there. Absolutely blew my mind. Shout out to the Foss. The Foz and the Foz, I guess, claims he didn't move any dirt to do this. They have there's ten that's holes. His, that's his style. <laughs> they eight of them are replicas of shots you'll see on the golf course on the main golf course, and they're nearly indistinguishable. I don't know if they like lasered the greens and they're the exact same, but like we got to play we played the short course first, then we get out to like thirteen. I'm like, dude, I've hit this shot before. <laughs> this is absolutely insane, and I it, it was like the trippiest thing. It's spread out across this huge acreage and back in these woods. I guess pines, if you will, and uh, it was staggering. I couldn't believe it. So, got dressed, did the whole coat and tie and dinner and all that, and it was. I will say about the course, it was not my favorite golf course I've ever played. I wouldn't describe it as like. It's not that I didn't have fun. It's not like a fun golf course. It's just not the word I would use to describe it. But it's like the best. I can clearly see why people say it's the best. And there's just nothing comparable. Like we played Marion and. Marion is similar. Yeah, I was going to say we're sitting like, here talking about Pine Valley. I know, <laughs> but like Marion is it's unbelievable. And, but like I've played on grass like that, and I've played in a setting like that, and I've and I've just never seen or played on anything that is like Pine Valley. I mean, it's just every single hole is just 
like an unbelievable golf hole. And did you have uh, what's their specialty? Like turtle soup? Or something? I didn't have the turtle soup. They they I had the snapper soup, which was un- it was incredible okay. as you might imagine. Okay. But maybe next time, yeah. next time around. <laughs> You got to watch the whole thing. It's so good. Uh, But uh, yeah, it was uh, that was a hell of a bender. Now I'm ready to. Well, yeah, I guess people should check it out. What is it? Golf now? Go. uh, (laughs) Yeah, go check it out. Make one of those hot deals. (laughs) (laughs) On Monday mornings, they have a hot deal. Tuesday mornings, the senior league. um, I know it's yeah, it's not the uh, maybe sometimes not the most relatable experience, but a lot of people were asking about it, and uh, that was that was my takeaway. I mean, I was. I do wish we would have played the second round from a tee up. I feel like you could have experienced the course just a little bit more. I mean, it's just so freaking demanding. And if you don't have the driver working, and I did not, you are hacking out, and then you're like you're playing your third, and you just feel like you're playing catch up the whole time. Yeah. I had a putt on the last hole to break eighty. I missed it. I shot eighty. It's par seventy, but it's rated rated seventy six point eight from the back tee. Slope one fifty five, and like the regular tee slope is one fifty three. I mean, it's like. It's there's just nowhere to hide, but uh, greens are massive, awesome, broad, undulating slopes, and uh, there's just so much elevation change. It's an exhausting walk. Like you, some guys were there like playing 36 a day. I could not have done that. I don't. I don't know how people are doing that. I so. think the first time I go, I want to just go to the crump and just watch and kind of because I've never really looking at pictures and even videos and flyovers and stuff. It's the one course in the world that I've never been able to like wrap my head around. Yeah. yeah. You know, it just looks so, like you said, so wildly different that I think I, I just need a spin or two around it before I even. Yeah. That's why know, I asked Bacon. Up. I was like, yeah. what, like, is Pine Valley really the best? He's like, dude, just talk to me afterward because, like, you can't explain it until, like, you, you've seen it. And I kind of see what he's saying. I mean, it was, it's just hit after hit after hit. And there's no, again, there's not a bad, like, some people are like, oh, number, new number 12, Fazio messed up some of the bunkers or something like that. And I thought, so I was like, damn it, 12 was like my favorite hole. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's a, that was quite an experience in the end of a, end of a, about a month long bender. And I guess, well, we're going to Pioneers this week. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say right in the, uh, right yeah, in the yeah. thick of it. And then we have oh, right. uh, season five yeah. this fall. That is true. No, I, I thought we announced it. No. Or, well, we're not or, saying where we're going. We said yet. we, yeah, but I'm not, well, not we're saying doing where it. we're going. Yeah, 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 we're doing it. Yeah. Big, we have the right to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's pretty much it. That's a wrap for tonight. Uh, we have a player pod, I believe, that should come out on Tuesday night. Uh, some people are asking. I am going to do a recap of the England trip I just recently did. I'm working on that, and uh, we'll have that hopefully sometime next week, I believe. And, uh, yeah, Sanderson Farms week. Uh, we didn't mention Sergio also won the KLM Open this week. All right. Hundredth KLM Open. Uh, really? In, in Amsterdam. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much a wrap for this week. Which, going back... I know I was critical about Lexi Thompson. I'm still going to be critical about her. I don't like watching her play golf. She seems like a lovely, lovely woman. And I just don't, I don't, I didn't want it to to feel like a personal attack or anything like that. I just, when I watch her play golf too, I feel like she's, it's, it seems joyless. Yeah. Like she, she never looks like she's enjoying herself on the golf course. So that's. I also just don't know how, like how that swing works. It's just, (laughs) it's just, I don't know how she doesn't hurt her wrist digging the club in the ground like that, but. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it at that. Thanks everybody for All tuning right. in. Cheers. Crack on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. 
Better than most. Expect. 